Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the official Mike's Out Honey podcast where we interview chefs and pizza people from New York City and beyond. I'm your host Mike Kurtz, founder of Mike's Out Honey and today on the show we've got the man who has made it possible for ordinary folks to make truly great pizza at home. His name is Andrus Lagsden and he is the inventor of the baking steel. Baking steel as you will learn from our chat, is a steel slab used like a pizza stone. It's your best option for making great pizza in your home oven. It conducts heat much better than stone. And the proof is truly in the pizza. We visited Andrus at the Baking Steel Test Kitchen in Cohasset, Massachusetts. We spent an afternoon hanging out, making pizzas on the steel and learning more about his story. You can check out other episodes of the Mike's a Honey podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the show. We are here in Cohasset, Massachusetts, with Andrus Lagsden, the creator of the Baking Steel. Mm-hmm. And if you're a home pizza making enthusiast, I'm sure you've already heard of the Baking Steel. Likely, yeah. It's likely. And if you haven't, you should definitely get familiar. Um, personally, I think it's the best tool for folks looking to create Neapolitan style pizzerias in their home oven conducts heat better than a baking stone and and the results are truly incredible and if if you don't believe me then check out um the baking steel's instagram and you'll see you'll see photos that look like they came out of a neapolitan wood-burning oven so andrews welcome to the official mike's hot honey podcast what's up mike nice to meet you we met a couple weeks ago for the first time right right We, we met at the pizza expo uh, we were uh, actually we met on Scott's Pizza Crawl. That's right. That's right. We were very fortunate to be part of um, Scott from Scott's Pizza Tours Vegas Pizza Crawl. We visited. I think it was like seven different pizzerias. I made it through four. I just arrived in from Boston, so I was hitting a wall around 10 p.m. I think uh, I think you played it right because by the seventh one I was in rough shape and I think uh, well I actually had two slices at the first stop which was I a made, rookie yeah, mistake I made the same mistake rookie I was in a pizza coma by you know stop three I mean I I hadn't eaten lunch that day in anticipation of 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 doing the tour so when I got to the first stop Evil Pie which I really liked yeah it's my favorite I just couldn't. I couldn't resist. I tried to replicate it as soon as I got back here. I had that evil pie in my mind. It was amazing. It was really good. Incredible. I don't know if it was yeah. a rookie mistake eating two, I don't know if, and going to the best stop first. Yeah. It was incredible. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I was impressed by the quality of the pizza in Vegas. I think yeah. Vegas in general, the food scene is really getting better. And the pizza scene with that is really getting better, and, and Evil Pie is a nice new addition. So anybody, anybody going to downtown Vegas, definitely check out Evil Pie. It's E V E L, um, Evil Knievel. Themed Evil Knievel, yeah, pizzeria. themed. Yeah, that's right. Had a, had the bike there too. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So Andrus, um, the baking steel is a real game changer for 
people looking to create Neapolitan style pizza. Um, tell us how you you came up with the idea where you, where you got the, awesome. the inspiration from. Cool. So um, interesting enough, I was in um, after school. I studied culinary arts in college and um, worked in restaurants my whole like young adult life. And my last culinary stop, my adventure was in Boston with a, a chef, Todd English, who uh, he's got his he's. They've got the Todd English, Todd English Hall, Hall in, in New um, York City, correct? It's yes. in the in the basement of the uh, what's the hotel? Isn't I, it? I know what you mean. I I, um, I don't. It's it right at Central Park, um, Central Park South. It's um, food court, right? Yeah, it's the Todd English, English food, food hall, hall in the plaza. In the plaza hotel. Yep. So anyway, that was my last stop. I worked at his. I was hired originally slinging pizzas with him at his Figs restaurant, which was a like a Roman style thin crust pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also owned a restaurant called Olives, which kind of made him famous in the probably earlier to mid '90s. So I worked with him and for a couple of years, and I ultimately ended up on his management team. Um, I was working a lot of hours and got a little burnt out at the time. So my, my dad was looking for help. So I thought I'd take a time out from the restaurant industry and go work with my brother and my dad, um, who had a small manufacturing company in Hanover, Massachusetts, which was 20 miles south of Boston. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I've been doing that for the last 15 or so years. We, we make a product called a flip pad, which they're all over New York City. They're on backhoes, these reversible stabilizer pads. And our customers would be Caterpillar, John Deere, um, Volvo Construction Equipment, etc. And that's what I've been doing. We work with metal mostly, um, we, and we fab, fab these things. And I've been trying to help grow his business. I'm a foodie at heart. Um, I love, in, in particular, pizza. I love making pizzas at home. Um, I, I had all of Todd English's recipes, which were amazing. Mm-hmm. And I would recreate his pizzas at home on a pizza stone. I broke a few stones along the way. I made good pizzas. They weren't great. I just thought that you needed that wood-fired oven. Right. And um, so I kind of went with that, and that, that was cool. So um, in 2011, on a Friday night at my office in Hanover, I was reading um, the Wall Street Journal after work about the launch of this new cookbook um, being written, and it was written by Nathan Meervold, who's his former Microsoft exec. And... Nathan, if you've heard of Nathan before, but he went to college at age 14. Wow. A pretty smart guy. Yeah. We didn't meet in college. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, I didn't meet him there. But, um, in any case, he, was, he opened up, uh, he was a, a Microsoft guy. So he left Microsoft and for a few billion reasons, you imagine. Mm-hmm. Right? And he um, opened up these test kitchens in Seattle and studied the art and science of cooking in documented everything and wrote this book called The Modernist Cuisine. Right. It's like a deep investigation. Um, I showed you it's a five-volume series. I think it cost around 600 bucks at the time. It's crazy. And anyways, a former foodie, it was interesting. Yeah. I'm reading about the launch, and the, and the Wall Street Journal started peppering some questions. And the third question I remember Friday night myself was how to create Neapolitan-style pizza at home. Holy shit, right? So um, my eyeballs lit up. I had I could, I made pizza, decent pizza at home, but not great. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? And Nathan's answer was to literally Google your local steel shop and cut out steel for your shelf. 
I was like, fuck. I mean, it totally made sense, right? Yeah. You know, we know from seventh grade science class that steel conducts energy well, um, but now I'm learning that it stores energy, and it stores 18 times the energy of stone. Wow. In any case, I ran out to my plant. I actually sprinted out, and I, <laughs> I grabbed a piece of steel, and I brought it home. Um, I live in Cohasset, Mass., Carried it by my side. My wife's like, what are you doing with that steel? I said, I'm making pizza. Now picture this thing. It's, you know, a foot long by 10 inches wide. It's a little rusty. Right. <laughs> she must have thought I was, I had lost my marbles, right? Yeah. Um, I put some parchment down, made some dough that weekend, and literally, like, the baking steel was born that weekend. It was fucking awesome. Wow. So for the first time, you make pizza, like, right? We made, yeah. made one earlier today. Yeah. Um, the bottom crust was cooked thoroughly yeah. at home and I think my first pie was done in like maybe seven or eight minutes yeah. um, it was, which was amazing it's a lot faster than my stone I right. was cooking in like 12 minutes and uh, it was just it was mind blowing so the baking steel was born that night unfortunately um, we were very busy at Stoughton Steel making our backhoe pads mm-hmm. so I had to kind of shelf the project for a few months but I kept, you know, waking up every day thinking about it. And right. next thing you know, I'm in Home Depot with my tape measure, measuring internal dimensions of every home oven, coming up with a size. Uh, trying to figure out the perfect the size. The perfect size, a pizza steel at the time that would fit in every home oven. And I kind of kept working at this um, and ultimately came up with the design, came up with the packaging. Mm-hmm. People around, my father initially and my brother thought I was kind of nuts. Like, we sell backhoe pads. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, kid. Kind of <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I listened to him at first, but then I got more confident the more I was using this product. Then I started sending samples out to friends yeah. that I knew from the culinary world that were good pizza makers. And they're, they're like, Anders, this thing fucking rocks. Yeah. Um, I was, it was also 15 pounds. Which, if you have a pizza stone, they weigh about three or four pounds. Yeah. I was trying to introduce this 15-pound slab of metal. Um, anyway, I stuck with it. And I knew that the beauty was we had a million dollars worth of equipment that could produce the baking steel. Yeah. Um, by the way, my wife came up with that name, Baking Steel, which yeah. I thought was simple but yet, you know, powerful because it did more than just pizza. Yeah. It was, um, I loved the name, so we stuck with it. Drew up a logo. Yeah, I mean, it's... The, it's to the point to know. the point yeah no BS right yeah BS right baking steel for that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it came time I, I was gaining so much confidence in the product my I think my brother was warming up to the idea because they saw the enthusiasm I shared um, and I I heard of this crowdfunding site called Kickstarter back in you know 2012 now and um Applied. I essentially applied because I had no idea if the market would accept a product, 15-pound pizza stone. And we, they accepted us. I had a very, you know, um, modest goal of three grand mm-hmm. that would be used to pay for all the material mm-hmm. um, and the labor for the first production run. Mm-hmm. I was pretty confident we could hit three grand. Um, I wasn't extremely confident. I thought we could do seven grand top, sell 100 units. Yeah. And then I'd be happy that I have this little side hustle selling 50 baking steels per month all over the U.S. Or whatever. That, was my, that was my dream right. at the time. And anyway, I, we launched um, within our first 24 hours. We hit our goal of three grand, which wow. was awesome. And that was a lot of friends buying the product. Thank you. you know, um, 
and then, you know, I think word started getting out um, that the product, here, you know, there's this new steel pizza steel, and people were interested in it. We, we were selling, we had about, I was blown away, by the way, but we had sold 220 units through like three weeks. We raised about almost 20 grand. Wow. I was happy, you know, I was, I was really fired up. Yeah. I had this little side gig I could do on the side and make some money and have a fun time doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, this guy called, his name is Kenji. Um, serious Eats. I've heard of him. Heard of him? <laughs> so Kenji contacts me um, the last week of my campaign. I knew who he was. If, you, yeah. if you're a food person, you Shout out to Kenji Lopez. Uh, hey, Kenji. Um, Kenji, we've got to have you on the podcast sometime. Yes. Just, yeah. just putting that out there. <laughs> Um, Kenji reaches out and said, hey, Andres, can I um, test one of these steels out? And I took a big, I swallowed, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I have raised 17 grand so far, I've sold a, whatever, a couple hundred units. Yeah. And now I'm nervous, I'm like, oh, what if he doesn't like it? <laughs> I liked it, I was confident, but same time, I, I needed this, right? I needed this, so I, of course, Kenji, I sent one out to him, and he had, um, emailed me maybe a day later at like 11 o'clock at night and said, Andrews, this thing blows away my stone I've been using. I know, I know your campaign ends on Saturday. I'll, if you don't mind, I'll do a quick blurb on you tomorrow and mm-hmm. we'll do a full review in September for you. I'm like, sure. So I didn't sleep much that night. And uh, <laughs> I remember staying here and then he, um, we at, you know, the next day, our, basically three days later from Kenji's word of mouth, our campaign went from 220 to 500 units sold in three days. So we raised about close to 40 grand. Um, And I tell folks this story, and I haven't had a day off since. This was 2012, and I'm lying. I haven't had a day off, but (laughs) we built this beautiful test kitchen here in Pasadena. Yeah, we're we're sitting here in the baking steel test kitchen. It's it's a it's a beautiful space. They do pizza classes here. Correct. Yep. Uh, it's got a really nice countertop for stretching dough. What is this made out of? Right this here? is a white oak. Beautiful white oak counter. Ten, um, 12 feet long. Yeah. And how many people can you fit in a we class do, here? We typically do eight to ten, but eight is like a good number for us because nice. we, have, we have three ovens in here. Giving Mark and Jenny Bellows some competition in the uh, trying to yeah pizza education field. Mark is amazing. We, I've been to his place in New York, and him and Mark and Jenny have come out here once uh, on their way up to Maine. We sl- Mark was slinging some pizzas with us. And love his technique. He's amazing, Mark. His Mark and Jenny, yeah. shout out. We should, yeah, we should say that if you're in New York City and you want to buy a baking steel, you can pick them up at the Pizza School NYC over on Grand Street on the Lower East Side, also known as Pizza Casa. And if you want to make great pizza, go see yeah. Mark. I mean, he's he's amazed balls, right? Yeah, they're they're some of the the best pizza educators out there, and you'll you'll learn how to make great pizza at home. But they also have lots of home pizza making equipment, including the baking steel. Which yes, you can, yeah, you it's can amazing. Pick yeah. up there. That's the first place I saw the baking steel in in real life. I'd seen the. When Kenji did his write-up on Serious Seats, I think that that may have been the first place I, I read about it, mm-hmm. and then um, I started seeing it everywhere after that. So it's amazing. Congratulations on all the success. And Thank you. It's great. And you know, the bottom line is just a um, it's a real simple tool, but it, you know, and how it works is, um, and you saw we made a pizza in about three three and a half minutes. Yeah, um, made a couple of them. It, it's it stores like I said, eighteen times the energy of a stone. So that dough. Once that hits that steel, it's going to explode off and just cook 
very fast. So let's let's get into the specifics of how you're baking a, a like the pie we just made on mm-hmm. the, on the baking steel. Um, you preheat the steel in the oven um, one hour for, for an hour. Correct. Yep. At, at what temperature at, typically? If, if you're doing at that 500 degrees, of most home ovens hit 500 or 550 max. Okay. So I like to say put it on 500 or your max temp. Okay. On, if you have a convection setting, use it. Because mm-hmm. That's just blowing you know the the air around, making it a little bit more even. So, um, and preheat it for an hour. We want okay. that all that heat to absorb inside that steel. Okay, so after preheating the steel for an hour at 500, mm-hmm. how hot does the steel typically get? So typically after an hour, it's 500. Okay. So what we do is for a little hack, we take, um, as I'm stretching out my first pizza, okay. I switch that oven uh, over to broil. Okay. So three or four minutes later, when my pizza has been stretched out and topped, I'm going to launch it. But now that steel is going to be a little bit hotter than 500 degrees, mm-hmm. like maybe 600, 650, because mm-hmm. that broiler element's scorching down. And you've got this at the top rack in the Yes. Oven? Sorry. Yeah. Top rack. Okay. Yeah. And then switch it to broil. Um, and I like to broil it for maybe the first 90 seconds. Uh-huh. I might open the oven up to spin it once. Then I'll turn my broiler off and finish it on bake okay. or convection bake. For another two minutes, so you're looking at a, you know three to four minute pizza, uh, and that's the beauty of the steel. We're not it's simple science at, at work here. Just the the stones just will not. Once you start putting things onto that stone and opening up, that stone's gonna lose they, a they lot cool of heat. Down, yeah. It cools down pretty rapidly. Yeah. Whereas the steel just continuously rebounds very fast. I gotta say, from from like just my experience making pizza in wood burning ovens, like at Pauly G's, you've got four spots for the pies. You, if you're doing four pizzas at a time in, mm-hmm. in that oven, it's a Stefano Ferrara wood burning oven from Naples, and the floor is stone. And if you keep going back to the same spot over and over again, you're gonna get cold. Um, it's you kind of have to make sure you're rotating spots a little bit because. The bottom of the pie won't cook properly if you keep going back to the same spot. So it's with the steel, not as much of an issue. No, especially in a, in a home oven. Yeah, um, you're not, you're not, you never you're, have that problem in a home oven that. unless you're really having a uh, big party. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice for that reason alone. And again, um, you know, one metaphor I read from Scott Heimendinger, who's from modernist cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses like the pool analogy. If we're you know on a hot summer day, we're walking barefoot on our pool. The um, you know walk gingerly around the pool, right? Because mm-hmm. the brick is kind of hitting your feet; they're kind of scorching. They're hot. Yeah. If we line that pool with steel, what's gonna, that heat's going to transfer so fast into your onto your feet? It's going to yeah. burn them. Right. Right. So the same principles are applying here with with pizza making. Right. Um, so, and the results were incredible. I mean, I, I three minutes in the oven max, and the. You'll, we'll, we'll post a photo, but you're probably looking at the photos now if you're listening to this. I mean, the, just the pop on the crust awesome, is right? as good as anything I've seen in like a pro Neapolitan wood burning oven. So amazing. it's yeah. pretty impressive that you're getting that out of just a regular home. Yeah, know, it's, and it's, oven. it's pizza after pizza. Your second one's going to be as good as your first. Yeah. Your third is as good as your second. Whereas I use stones a lot. Um, each pizza seems to slow down. The bake time gets longer and longer, making having a social party very difficult. Yeah. So we have a lot of pizza parties now, the steals. I bet. 
Now, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting that you have done some custom work for restaurants. Yeah, we have. That's a great, great question. We, um, uh, quite a few, you know, if, if places hear about the steel, we're, we're sold in, um, all over the place, really. But some will take our, our existing off-the-shelf baking steels and retrofit them into their convection ovens mm-hmm. or rationale ovens um, or deck ovens. And we've yeah. done some custom work for these deck ovens where like a Blodgett, for example, has a big 58 by maybe 36 surface. This is like a big uh, gas deck oven that you'd Correct. see in an old school slice joint. Yeah, and they cook at like 600 degrees, right? Yeah. 550 to 650. And, you know, by using, literally by using our steel inside those ovens, mm-hmm. it improves their bake time literally like 30%. Wow. Which is humongous. And yeah. if you're pumping, trying to pump out pizzas... And not only is it um, improving this, this debate time, it's improving the bottom crust. Oh, absolutely. So now for the first time, these pizzerias have this great bottom crust, Yeah, uh, which is awesome. We don't market literally to, to a lot of um, commercial applications, but it's definitely available. Hey, when I, when I start my pizzeria, I'm going to come knocking for a custom retrofit job and just giving that are you going, um, Are you going deck oven if you did that? I kind of, well, you know... Uh, it's tough because we, we just came back from the Pizza Expo. I got a chance to walk around a little bit mm-hmm. and, and check out some of the ovens. And uh, these electric deck ovens, they're just they're really impressive because they're, they have such precision. Right. You know, and you can, you can really control the temperature. And now some of these ovens will go up to like n- almost 950 using electricity. That's pretty cool. Pretty so amazing. I'm... I'm, I'm Right now, I'm, I'm into the electric deck ovens, but um, yeah, it'll probably either be, if it's if it's like thin crust slice joint style spot, it'll either be a gas deck oven like a Baker's Pride or one mm-hmm. of these new electric ovens. Yeah, but I would retrofit it with steel. With, with a steel. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, I'd be doing the same thing. I mean, I, I love that electric with steel. And if you're using steel, you're going to reduce your... your, your um, not only your bake time, your energy costs. Your energy costs are going to come way down for sure. It's a lot more efficient. So, how did you determine the thickness for the steel? Like, when? Did, how did you? I actually played that? around with different thicknesses. Yeah. Um, originally, it was um, actually it was it was quarter inch mm-hmm. out of the gates. That's what I kind of it was manageable. It was fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some testers that were I was using some chefs that loved it, how it operated, how it worked. However. They got back. My feedback was it was too heavy for the home oven. Yeah. And I get it for the consumer. I get it. Um, and then, so I tested eighth inch. It just did not work the same. Yeah. So my, my dad, in fact, gave me some good advice. Like, in fact, the day before my Kickstarter, one of my, I had a tester out in France, a woman chef that loved the product, sent me this really long email and said, I love your product, Andrus but it's really only going to be good for commercial applications. Yeah. So I was heartbroken because I had been speaking with her for about six months and I was literally trying to design holes into my baking steel to lose some weight in this thing. And um, it just didn't make any sense. My my dad came by and said, just trust your gut, just go with it. So I kind of went to the market with a 15 pound um, steel and, and, Ironically, during my Kickstarter, I was getting slammed by some, some food bloggers telling me that, you know, you needed more than quarter inch. You needed half inch. 
Yeah. So we came up with a product called the Big during the Kickstarter. And uh, it's the same size, 14 by 16, yeah. half inch steel, weighs 30 pounds, 32 How pounds. much hotter does that get? It doesn't get any hotter, but okay. it's, it's gonna rebound faster in gotcha. between pies. But in my experience, like I have all my ovens here lined with quarter inch. Yeah. You know, it's almost overkill. Yeah. Not necessary, even though I do sell it. <laughs> Just to satisfy those uh, purists. Right. right. You gotta get something for everybody, right? Try. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's it's just one of these tools that if you're really dedicated to making great pizza at home, there's no reason to mess around with the baking stone anymore no. now that you guys are around because, like, you're, you're just going to get better results with the baking steel. And, I mean, if you're spending the time to make your own dough and buying premium ingredients, you might as well use a baking steel to get the, the type of results you deserve as opposed to just... You know, oh, yeah. spending the money on all those ingredients and the time making the dough and then just baking it in a subpar situation. Yeah, know? I guess, yeah, don't overthink it, right? Just keep yeah. it, get the best equipment you can find, buy the best ingredients, um, and you'll make the best, you know. There's so much information now on Google, on, on sl well, not on Slice anymore. We're just talking about Slice. Yeah, Slice, rest Clark. in peace. Rest I mean, in peace. That's, uh, that was my first piece of press ever was with, uh, the Slice blog when um, Adam from Slice wrote a wrote a really nice piece about Mike's Hot Honey and, I, I, and that's where I found out about your product so I think a lot of people who are in who are home making pizza enthusiasts really went to Slice as a resource yeah it's great we all miss it R.I.P. bring it back Kenji please bring it back do something <laughs> that's where I found out about Norma that's where I found out oh, yeah, about Norma. G right. I mean it's really it's like true, Slice yeah. is the reason for all of this all, you're right it's uh, we crazy. Without, um, you know, without Kenji's endorsement in the beginning, I don't know where I'd be today. Yeah. Be trying to get his attention still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you showed me some, some interesting videos of things beyond the, the realm of pizza that you can make on the pizza steel, including a really awesome video of ice cream being made on the baking steel. Yeah. Explain how you do that. Well, that's a great question, too. We, um, we knew pizza worked great for, I'm uh, sorry, the steel worked great for breads and for pizzas. Um, so we started playing around with other things. And it, essentially the steel is just storing energy. Right. Um, well, now we're getting to cold, right? So we're going to kind of reverse that. We're going to put some dry ice below it and just see what happens. Well, our, our infrared gun was hitting literally minus 35 degrees Fahrenheit wow. in like 10 minutes. You saw the steel turn blue. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of blue amazing, steel. right? Yeah. And we had some, our chef Craig here, we worked together, made some creme anglaise. So shout out to Chef Craig. Shout out to Chef Craig, so, the, the mastermind behind many of the baking yeah, steel recipes. He sure is. And we, um, so he had made some creme anglaise and our steel is now minus 35 degrees Fahrenheit and poured some of this anglaise on the steel and you could begin, it crystallizes so quickly. And we've got double spatulas he was trying to chop it up and make it kind of in, turning into basically ice cream and the flavor was just out of this world it got cold so fast and um, my kids would come in and just eat spoonfuls at a time <laughs> it's amazeballs the steel can you know stayed blue and cold for literally you know an, an hour and a half uh, it was just amazing so you're hitting not only home baking enthusiasts, but home ice cream making enthusiasts. Yes, the, the, the tricky side there is, you know, finding the dry ice. 
Right. Um, and you know, we got luckily have a place right down the street here that we could pick it up, um, which is dynamite and just incredible. So we go from you know pizza, one extreme at five six hundred degrees to ice cream at minus thirty five degrees Fahrenheit. It's a pretty good swing <laughs> in the course of an hour. Yeah. Well, I, I'm impressed by the versatility of the baking steel, um, and I think you can do Neapolitan-style pizza on it, but you, you've also showed me some photos of different styles. Like, you did a New York-style thin crust pie on it. Um, you just have to preheat it differently, right? Yeah, so, so we, we preheat almost the same, but with, so in New York, I, after getting back from Vegas, yeah. um, and that evil's pie was in my brain, right? yeah. that this New York slice was dynamite. Um, we took a our 72 hour dough and just, we baked it differently. So we preheated the oven uh, and then we made a New York style sauce, which obviously has a little bit of, had a little sugar in it, a little mm -hmm. oregano, a little sweeter than our traditional tomato sauce. But we baked our pie without the broiler for you know seven to eight, nine minutes. And now you're getting that really crispy bottom, but you're, you're, you're slow cooking it a little bit more, you're not blistering the crust, but it almost replicated what we had at Evil's. It was pretty, pretty fascinating. Evil Pie was great. That was, was definitely gonna haunt my dreams, as, as to quote Adam Cuban. Uh, I need to go back there. That's yeah. uh, seriously, I, I like <laughs> that that pie. I had the meat lovers. I don't know if you had a I slice of that. I didn't that. have a slice. Oh, and I did. Yes, that was that was excellent. Um, but yeah, Evil Pie. Um, Speaking of Adam. Um, yeah. You know, he does the, the Margos. Right. Have you been? I have been to Margos. Um, so Margos is a bar-style pop-up um, that Adam Cuban runs out of Emily, which is another great pizzeria in Brooklyn, and uh, he does it on Saturday. So check out Margos Pizza if you want to try bar-style pizza. And actually, we're, we're, we're sitting here in the Bacon Steel Test Kitchen in Cohasset, Massachusetts, on the South Shore. And this, this area is really um, a hotbed of bar-style pizzerias. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with bar-style, describe what's, what's a bar-style. So bar pie, you know, to me, and you know, Adam would be the historian on the, on the bar pie, but it's, it's a style that here is it's very popular, and it's baked in these like round tins mm -hmm. where you drizzle a little bit of olive oil beneath the pan, mm -hmm. throw your dough on top, and then your toppings. Your traditional toppings, peppers and onions and sausage and cheese. Um, bar style with peppers bar, and onions. Bar style. And it's served, it's cooked in like, you know, a slower bake, 14 or 15 minute bake. Yeah. Um, and it comes out and it's just loaded with um, grease. It's just something that- That's my favorite it's, style it's, of pizza. It's amazing. Not a pizza you can eat every day, in, no. my, in my opinion. However, I think Adam's done an amazing job of replicating the style almost on a healthier way. Where right. It's, it's a thin crust again, crispy, but I think not as, maybe not as filling as the traditional, like, and I haven't been, but as Linwood's or Town Spa. Yeah, it's, I, so yeah, you, you mentioned those spots, so these are like local bar style. Local, like, um, for example, Friday night, yeah. you're home and you want, you want Linwood's. You call it seven o'clock. You're not getting your pizza till about nine thirty. Oh wow! So this is in Randolph, Randolph, Mass, Mass which is you know t probably twenty miles north of here. Mm -hmm. uh, just crazy good. 
very popular, really wow. friendly, cash-only kind of place. Dive. It's awesome. So if you're near the South Shore of Boston, check out the Linwood Tavern? Linwood Cafe. Oh. There's another place. There's a place in Hingham, which is not far from here, called Liberty Grill. There's the Town Spa. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other places around that are just dynamite. It really gives you a flavor of the bar, bar pie. And if you're in New York and you want to try bar style pie, check out Margot's Pizza Pop-Up. Uh, you won't be disappointed. It's on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. Um, so, at the Pizza Expo, we we saw a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of different ovens. We saw pizza celebrities. Um, but the one unifying force at the Pizza Expo was, was Scott Wiener, Scott's Pizza Tours, which is a pizza tour company based out of New York. But Scott seems to know everybody from the the world of pizza and uh he organized the crawl for us but he also had some speaking engagements he did um i forget i i missed did you go to his i did i missed his event at the so yeah i know he he did a couple seminars at the the pizza expo but um one thing we should mention here since since we're both kind of peripherally in the world of pizza Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not so much peripherally but we're we're both in the world of pizza we uh one of my favorite events is slice out hunger which scott organizes every year and you should totally come down for it sometime but it's going to yeah it's uh usually happens in the in the fall and uh basically scott will gather all of the best pizzerias in new york city and um you buy tickets for a buck and then you exchange your tickets for slices of pizza for one dollar and you get dollar slices from every single great pizzeria in New York City in one place and uh, the dream the dream day yeah and it's all to raise money for for to fight hunger and um, it's just a wonderful event so slice out hunger I think it's sliceouthunger.org is the website check it out and I'll be um taking a tour of Scott's in I think May or June this year I can't wait you should totally take the tour you could do walking tours in the in the village or the bus tour that takes you to walking. South Brooklyn going walking walking sounds better in some ways because then you really digest a little bit but need to I want to have as many slices as possible yeah and you can do some touring outside of you know you can do some touring on your own too while you're in town so make it's sure it's hard you know, folks ask me all the time like why is the pizza in New York better? Is it the water? You know, what is it? And my my best explanation is competition. <laughs> yeah, competition in years of experience. If and you're not good, you know how that's passed down. You don't have any business. <laughs> Make a good slice, right? Just well, you know, that's not even necessarily true because there's a lot of <laughs> mediocre pizza in New York, and it, they seem that's, to be doing okay. And I, it's, pizza's one of those things. It's like, like look at Domino's, look at Papa yeah. John's, like. Uh, even when it's like sex, right? Yeah. Even it's when it's bad, it's good. It's right. It's right. And people will settle for bad pizza. It's just, and they'll enjoy it. And I'm guilty of this. Like, I'll enjoy a dollar slice every once in a while. And I know the ingredients are shitty, but here's the thing with dollar slices. You know it's going to be hot out the oven because they turn fast. So the ingredients are shit, but... At least you're getting a pie that's just come out of the oven. Burning the roof of your mouth, the roof, yeah. Yeah, there's the they suffer from serious tip sag, the, those, <laughs> those dollar slices. They need a baking steel in those places, right? They sure do. Totally. Um, so, what else? 
Scott, Adam, um, we, we talked about um, modernist cuisine, I think, didn't we? Yeah. That think, was before. I think that was before. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we, we just kind of we gave a shout out to Kenji yeah, yeah. about coming on your show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one, one thing we should mention is that we, we both were fortunate in our, in our, in the early days of starting our businesses to get some, some press on, on Slice Blog, on Serious Eats. Um, that was the first game changer for me. Totally game changing. And Slice was like a really special, um, place for the pizza community. Um, It's missed, right? It is missed. And, um, Slice is where I found out about Pauly G's, um, you know, I, I followed his, you remember when he was making pizzas in his backyard, they were, they were profiling him on Slice. It's where I first started to see people like Norma, of Norma's Pizza, shout to Norma. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig in Texas. You make amazing pies. Um, yeah. My Pie Monday, people would submit their photos. On Thursday night, the Mondays, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. I always look forward to that. And um, But yeah, you, you got some press like when Kenji reviewed the baking steel, and I think that really exposed your product to the right crowd of, of people who were really into making pizza 100%. At home. Forever grateful for, for for Slice and for Kenji and um, you know for you know giving us that exposure, giving us that that opportunity to show you know the world what we do. Yeah, um, it was it was amaze balls to this day. I'll never forget it. Shout shout to Kenji Lopez Alt and and Serious Seats um, and for his book. Their by the way, congratulations, New York Times bestseller. Yep. Um, food Lab. Yep, the Food Lab, an excellent uh, cookbook. By Kenji Lopez, all um, really comprehensive and and um, getting to the science behind recipes and really really helping to educate people about what's going on um, during the, whys, the cooking. The why, the what's happening? Yeah, what what's happening with your food as you're cooking it? And I think once you understand those things, it makes you a better cook just on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kenji, if you're listening, we want you on the podcast. Uh, we're we're coming for you. Maybe we'll yeah. record next time we're out in the bay. No, yeah, we'll be coming out. Um, Congratulations on your, your new baby there, too, Kenji. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, probably the most uh, that baby will be the most well-fed child on the planet. I, I gotta oh, say. Oh my goodness. I'm already envious. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep using your baking steel, Kenji. <laughs> so, Andrews, thanks for coming on the Mike's Out Honey podcast. Working. Where can people find you online? So we are um, at bakingsteel.com. I have my own Instagram where I kind of show my, my trials in the test kitchen almost every day of things that we're making mm-hmm. on steel. That's Andrus Lagston. Um, if you have any questions on, on anything baking steel, anything pizza making, um, email me, andrus at bakingsteel.com. If I don't know the answer, I'll Google it. <laughs> <laughs> get back to you um, who else and then we, we obviously have our Facebook page our Twitter handle at Baking Steel and, uh, but literally come to a class if you're in Massachusetts if you're in Cohasset or, or mm-hmm. the South Shore area come to a pizza making class here at the Baking Steel Test Kitchen it's a beautiful space and I think you'll learn a thing or two about how to make great pizza at home and um You'll you'll walk away well fed and probably with a few glasses of wine in your system. Yeah. So you'll turn into a pizza rock star at home. That's, <laughs> that's our goal. <laughs>
Nice. Well, thanks for joining us, and good luck with everything at the Baking Steel going forward. And thank you, Mike. Nice, um, nice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I, I I look forward to making many pizzas on the Baking Steel in the future. Oh, can't wait. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the official Mike's Hot Honey podcast is in the books. Thank you for joining us. You can check out other episodes of the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. For more info on Baking Steel, please visit bakingsteel.com. I also recommend that you check out their Instagram, Baking Steel, to see some of the awesome pizzas and other creations that they've made on the steel. If you're serious about making great pizza at home, you got to get one. It also makes a great gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You give it to your friend, they'll keep you fat and happy with pizzas for the rest of your life. So check out the baking steel, and until next time, keep drizzling, my friends.